of tea about what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are thinking and working on, and how you and your credit union should be evaluating risk areas and areas of opportunity. My name is Ann Petros, your host, and I'm NAFQ's Vice President of Regulatory Affairs. And today I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Dan Coates, Deputy Director of the Division of Research and Statistics at the Federal Housing Finance Agency, or FHFA, which also regulates uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, and the Federal Home Loan Banks. And today we'll be talking about climate change risk and addressing some of the questions that you may have um, about how climate change may impact your institution. So Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate having you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's jump right in. And first, you know, can you explain what, you know, role financial regulators can play in evaluating climate change and the risks that it poses to the housing market and, you know, how the FHFA has been involved with other regulators, including through the Financial Stability Oversight Council or FSOC? Sure. Um, So, Financial regulators can play, I think, a very important role by ensuring that our regulated entities um, uh, <clears throat> manage their risks. And mm-hmm. climate change is is yet another risk uh, that institutions have to manage. Um, it's unlike some other risks because it's something we know probably a lot less about. Um, so there's a, there's a really important role for uh, regulators to ensure that the regulated entities are doing what they need to do to manage uh, climate risk. Um, um, in terms of uh, our involvement, uh, we've been involved for quite some time, actually, uh, when then uh, Deputy Director Thompson, now director of the agency, mm-hmm. uh, uh, when she came in 2013, she set up a rapid response team that we formalized in 2019 to actually help um, ensure that uh, uh, remediation, you know, loan modifications, uh, forbearance options were all available to not only homeowners but renters in the wake of a natural disaster. So that's been an ongoing effort with FHFA and, and our regulated entities. Um, you know, as, as time went by, though, we realized there's a lot more we have to learn about this. Uh, we organized, uh, uh, we put out a request for input uh, last year, and we had a listening session. Uh, a lot of really smart folks came and, and offered their views. I uh, appreciate Nephew's uh, 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 comments um, and, and those of the credit union, national administration. Um, uh, those were really thoughtful comments, so thank you for those. Um, and that listening session, by the way, uh, is available on our website. You can go there and watch it. <clears throat> and we also have a summary of the comments. So what have we been doing since? Well, we've been trying to understand all the uh, and, and act on the comments that we got. So we've been continuing to meet with various stakeholders, um, uh, and we're moving forward. Uh, uh, then acting director Thompson uh, issued a uh, statement at the end of last year saying that climate change was a priority for our regulated entities and for right. FHFA. I think that was a very important step 
in moving forward in recognizing that climate change uh, and its consequences pose risks to our to our financial institutions uh, and to everyone really. Uh, so this was a really important statement that she made. Um, in early part of this year, uh, we set up a number of working groups uh, and, a, and a steering committee structure uh, um, to ensure that climate change and, and ESG more generally mm-hmm. were adequately prioritized across our agency and our, at our regulated entities. Um, so uh, the steering committee is our uh, uh, heads of divisions and offices, and they provide the leadership to our eight different working groups. And I can go on about the working groups if you like. But that's, you know, we've been pretty busy, um, and we're really trying to learn as much as we can um, and, 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 and move forward in this area. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like there may be staff dedicated to evaluating just this issue, you know, within FHFA. Is that accurate? Yeah, we have a, a, a climate risk branch in in DRS in my division, but we also have dedicated staff from across the agency. Um, this design, this working group design, the steering committee design was deliberate because we understand that everybody in FHFA is going to have to be involved in, in learning about climate change and its consequences and trying to come up with uh, a, a meaningful and reasonable uh, adaptations and potential solutions. So mm-hmm. it's really a whole of agency mm-hmm. approach uh, uh, because the director has, has said this is a priority. Uh, for the agency. So that seems appropriate, not something you can really do in a silo. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, how is the FHFA and and by extension, you know, the the regulated entities, Fannie, Freddie, um, and the federal home loan banks, how are they, you know, thinking about climate change risk, you know, more specifically? Um, Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, we, we are predominantly, I mean, we are we have a couple of things we have to do, right? We are a safety and soundness regulator, mm-hmm. and we are a mission regulator. So we're trying to make sure that our regulated entities um, uh, remain safe and sound, but also that they uh, provide all of the incentives for sustainable home ownership. Mm-hmm. Our director, uh, Sandra Thompson, has been really pretty adamant that she wants to ensure that any opportunities we open up for uh, 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 people who were previously unable to access housing, that those opportunities be be provided in a way that maintain the safety and soundness of not only Fannie and Freddie, but also the federal home loan bank. So that's been a pretty uh, strong um, uh, uh, desire of hers based in, based I think on her background. She was at the FDIC uh, during the last financial crisis, and she mm-hmm. saw the consequences of people being uh, evicted from their homes and the tragedies right. uh, that that was, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think of climate in the same way. When we think of sustainable home ownership, we, we think of not only can you stay in that home if the economy fluctuates and interest rates move around, um, but also can you stay in that home physically, right? Mm-hmm. Is the roof going to be blown off by some really right. bad storm? Um, uh, uh, what happens uh, to the costs of maintaining that home? 
uh, if there are what we call transition events. So mm -hmm. uh, insurers uh, unwilling to or, or charging higher rates for, uh, for a given location. So we want to make sure that, the, that when we talk about sustainable home ownership, we're talking about it not only in the in, in ability to keep making your payments, but also um, ability to stay in the home despite the consequences of climate change. So that's one of the ways, that's kind of the view from which we look at this. Um, now to accomplish this, we have set up a number of different working groups, uh, which maybe I should talk about those a little bit uh, to, to help sure. maybe folks understand how we're trying to tackle this issue. So the first one is a, is a data and research working group. So one of the things about climate is you, cern, you soon uh, get to understand how, how much uh, data you need and how I'm little sure data there are, right, <laughs> right, in some cases. So we've got a team uh, that are working on bridging our data gaps, understanding our data gaps, and then looking at outside stakeholders and counterparties, where can we get the information that we need? Um, um, we're also, we also, that group is also doing some research on the potential effects of uh, natural disasters uh, and how, what, what does that do for borrower behavior, et cetera. Um, that's too early to talk about now. I, I, they're still working on it, but we are coordinating with what uh, uh, researchers at Fannie and Freddie are doing as well, so we're not duplicating there. Um, the second working group we have is one on corporate governance. So corporate governance, um, you know, is really critically important in our view uh, to ensuring that uh, climate change and its consequences get the prioritization at each of our regulated entities that it deserves. Uh, so we've been working very, very closely with our regulated entities to shore up their corporate governance uh, around areas related to climate. And you'll see those, not necessarily from an announcement from FHFA, but you'll see it in the disclosures mm -hmm. of, of our regulated entities. You'll see them in, in, in how they talk about you know, their board committees and things of that nature, their right. senior management committees. So we're feeling pretty confident that they all have now a much more focused uh, look at climate change and its consequences than maybe they did a while back. Um, uh, another group we have set up, another working group we have is on reporting and disclosures. Uh, so, um, you know, we know that there's a proposed rule from the SEC. Um, that's right. And that's a huge hurdle to meet, to be able to, to, to meet the requirements of that proposed rule. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the, the final rule will look like, but we are working with our regulated entities to make sure they're trying to get ready for whatever rule becomes final. Uh, so that brings up, you know, if, if we have to measure emissions, uh, then how do you do that, mm -hmm. right? So there's right. a lot of work to be done there. But in the meanwhile, um, Fannie and Freddie have each issued um, voluntary reports. They're called SAS, uh, SASB reports. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Sustainable Account Account Accounting Standards Board, which has now been subsumed by a larger group. But the point is they're, they're voluntary reports to talk about what each entity is doing in climate, in uh, uh, social, and in governance, in, in ESG more generally. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've been working very closely with them. So that's our reporting and disclosure and governance. 
Um, we also have a group that is looking at um, um, assessing exposure. We call it assessing exposure. But what it, what what that means in my mind anyway, I think everyone else's is assessing exposure now and over time. Right. And so think scenario analyses, mm -hmm. think stress tests. Um, you know, how do we, how do our regulated entities ensure that they're ready for whatever could happen? We had the home loan banks actually had a, a conference a number of weeks ago uh, to bring a bunch of vendors in to talk to them about how they might do scenario analysis. And they were kind enough to invite uh, me and a couple of my colleagues uh, down to that conference. Um, so I think all of our regulated entities are taking this very, very seriously. Uh, and, but it's a heavy lift, and we want to make sure right. that we do scenario analyses that make sense, uh, and also uh, some form of stress tests. Um, maybe not your typical Dodd-Frank stress test, maybe something more specific to climate. Sure. But basically, we want to make sure that, uh, that we're not caught unawares and uh, what could happen. Uh, so there's a lot of work that has to be done there. Uh, we've got to find out, do we have enough data to do that work? Do we have the modeling technology to do that work? Do our regulated entities have the data and modeling technology? What assumptions have to be made? So mm -hmm. sorry, getting in the weeds here, a little boring. No, it's but, all, it's but that's, all so interesting. That's the kind of stuff we're doing there. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a working group uh, looking at green bonds. So uh, Fannie Mae is a big issuer of green bonds. Uh, these are um, uh, a function. They are they're targeted at uh, mostly lower income Americans. Uh, so think uh, apartment buildings with uh, with uh, efficiency enhancements, low okay. flow showers, and, and things of that nature. Um, but also in the single family space, these are incentives to make your home more efficient. Um, that that uh, uh, when you are uh, borrowing from your lender, there the lender will know of these programs, and you can get a lower, uh, ultimately a lower rate on your mortgage, mm -hmm. uh, because Fannie and Freddie are providing incentives to enhance efficiencies. Uh, and as I said, they're targeted at those most in need. You know, one of the things that came very clearly through in um, the comment letters that you all sent, and the NCUA sent was this recognition of the potential uh, disparate impacts on lower income Americans. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we get that and we are, uh, we, w that is uh, big, that's something we've been talking about since uh, we started this work. Right. So it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't new to us. Uh, and uh, I think the fact that those programs, uh, the green bond programs are targeted at lower income uh, homeowners and renters is evidence of our prioritization to help uh, people uh, that are disadvantaged. Um, so that's the Green Bond Working Group. Um, we also have a Consumer Protection Working Group, right? Again, trying to put our actions where our words are. Mm -hmm. uh, what are they trying to do? Well, we're trying to figure out ways for our regulated entities and indeed us to uh, evaluate decisions that the firm or we might make in the context of what will this do to disadvantaged and vulnerable communities. Okay. So, you know, we're still working on this. We don't have it all finalized yet. Um, far from it. Uh, but, but that's kind of uh, 
what we're doing in the consumer protection working group. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we have uh, uh, we also have a, a working group devoted to the agency's carbon footprint. So we're uh, this is one that Director Sandra Thompson uh, was insistent that mm -hmm. we have. Uh, she wants to make sure that we're living uh, by what we're preaching, right? Uh, yeah, and that we're trying to look for ways <laughs> to to lower our mm -hmm. carbon footprint. So again, we're working with other parts of the government to see what they're doing mm -hmm. and see what we can do. And we have a legal group that kind of helps us understand, um, you know, what are any statutory uh, uh, guardrails or whatever that we have to understand. So that's the kind of general nature of the working group. I think I ticked off all eight. Um, but that's, that's, so you asked, I'm sorry for the long answer, but uh, this is in response to how do we think about climate change? Yeah. Um, this, I thought, was a good way to ex explain to your viewers um, how we're thinking about things. These are the areas we are mm -hmm. focusing on. Um, and along the way, uh, I would just say, um, if you or anyone else uh, has ideas for things that we're not thinking about that maybe we should be, we have a kind of an uh, ongoing outreach to stakeholders, and we'd love to hear uh, people's views. Great. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. We'd love to participate and, and, you know, continue the the conversation on this issue because it, it is a really important issue. Not, you know, it's, it's one that's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, you described this, this multifaceted approach, which seems to be appropriate <clears throat> for an issue that is so difficult to measure and mm -hmm. to, uh, to, nail down, you know, the, the long-term, even short-term impacts, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's so unpredictable in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, this, you know, SEC rule that you mentioned, I know, uh, is obviously a big, um, topic of, of discussion and focus for SEC filers, but, mm -hmm. you know, credit unions are, are not in that bucket, mm -hmm. of course, they're not publicly, you know, traded institutions. And so, um, but, there's still this thought that, you know, what is the, the credit union regulatory framework going to look like down the line? You know, wh mm -hmm. will there be some mm -hmm. sort of equivalent, you know, disclosure requirements or, um, you know, a evaluation from the regulator? So there's there's a lot to, to figure sure. out the scenario analysis, sure. stress testing, all of that stuff um, are, you know, questions that, that we're asking and mulling over and our members are, are thinking about and, and trying to get an understanding of, you know, where the regulators fall on on these issues and i mean housing is is one of those those areas um and in, in industries where the the risk may you know be the greatest mm -hmm. uh yeah. for for borrowers so uh certainly something that that our credit union members want to learn more about and understand uh and so that kind of tees up my next question and that's you know how will climate change impact the housing supply um and and the housing finance market overall in the next five to ten years you know yeah. if you had a crystal ball yeah. and could just yeah. tell me the future uh you know what do you what do you think those impacts might be and and what are we seeing today yeah um, now is probably the time when I should uh, I should kind of issue my standard disclaimer um, uh, that I don't speak for the agency. Uh, I'm here speaking for myself, um, and uh, 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 you know the way we uh, make policy decisions at the FHFA 
is that we bring recommendations to the director or she has suggestions and um, we go through a very very deliberate process so sure. um I'm, I'm just speaking for dan this here is today. this is you um, dan Coates, yes <laughs> but i you know in terms of um housing supply um you know i i the short answer is i don't know how it's going to affect housing supply mm -hmm. uh, in some cases you see uh folks responding to natural disasters by leaving the area. In right. other cases, you actually see the opposite. You see people moving into climate prone areas. Um, so I think there's a lot of research being done in that space. And I know there's some effort to like retrofit homes and things mm -hmm. like that and, and, and make them, you know, more sustainable. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, have a, a charter that requires them to purchase mortgages throughout the country. Um, we don't discriminate. They don't discriminate based on geographic. Yes. Um, uh, the home loan banks accept collateral uh, on a wide range of differing types of collateral that are defined in the in the Home Loan Bank Act. Um, so I, uh, I I appreciated the comments that you all raised and that uh, uh, um, the uh, the credit union national administration raised. Um, about the uh, the uh, the potential deleterious effects on credit unions, and so I would just say that uh, we're we're um, uh, you know we do have this national mandate um, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what's going to affect. Uh, so what do I think will happen in housing? Gosh. If I, if I knew that, I'd, I'd, be, uh, I'd be a very wealthy person. Um, I suspect that there will be regional effects. Sure. Um, I suspect that insurance rates will, as we're seeing, will rise in certain areas. Um, <clears throat> I suspect that housing will therefore be affected in some way or another. I mean, the part I talked about earlier where people are moving into climate vulnerable areas and moving out at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All that has to sort through. Um, but I think at the end of the day, there there probably will be regional effects. I'm not so sure about national effects. Um, right. uh, I, that's, that's um, you know, it's we all have to live somewhere. Um, so, but what we are committed to doing is making sure that our regulated entities not only remain safe and sound, but continue to achieve their housing finance mission. And that is making available, sustainable housing in the, in the manner I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. which is why I made that comment just a few minutes ago about the national nature of the business they do. Right. Uh, so we just it's just something we all have to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. So I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, that is helpful. Uh, you know, and I, I mentioned earlier something credit unions are spending a good bit of time thinking about. And, you know, I, I, my question is, is how lenders like credit unions should be assessing, you know, the risks, both in in the respect of, you know, immediacy and also the, <clears throat> the magnitude of these risks. And, you know, how, if at all, this may be factored into you know, pricing on <clears throat> loans that are then sold to the GSEs? Or, you know, is, is that not something that is being considered or evaluated? Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, uh, what I can say is that we do have pricing 
advantages uh, uh, for homes that are being that are having efficiency improvements added. Um, uh, uh, but in terms of a general discussion of pricing, uh, that's really uh, a that's a that's a question for our director, mm. and uh, I think we're you know that's that's I, that's all I want to say about that. That's her purview, not mine. Sure. I'm here to provide as much information and analysis about the environment we're seeing mm -hmm. uh, with respect to climate and ESG matters, and ultimately that's that's her call. What have you seen from from lenders though about how they're they're evaluating these risks? Well, I <clears throat> I I think that. Everyone is becoming more aware uh, of the risks of various uh, properties. Um, you can go to various real estate websites mm -hmm. uh, and dial up a property, and you can see uh, what uh, either uh, has been said by <clears throat> various uh, uh, parties about the risks of that property. So I think uh, I think you know I I don't have a a, a regular discussion with lenders, so I can't really answer that question. Sure. Uh, but I think it's a fair statement that everyone is becoming more and more aware mm -hmm. of the risks that these properties uh, have. Yeah, as, as more you know, data are collected, uh, I'm sure that that risk analysis and assessment will become a little easier to conduct. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we we actually recently hired a geographer uh, oh. to help us kind of dial into the actual property level to understand uh, the risks and understand the data that we're getting. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, but there's a, you know, there's, I'll, I will tell you, one of the dominant things that I've heard at the FSOC, um, you asked about FSOC earlier, um, you know, they have a climate-related financial risk committee uh, they put out a report in uh, last October. We actually helped to uh, contribute to that report. Uh, and what I and and what I hear from them, and and by the way, we meet uh, bilaterally with NCUA and every other federal financial regulator out there mm -hmm. um, that we can find, uh, <laughs> and and we meet with them basically quarterly. Um, That's great. And and in every single instance, uh, this recognition of how we're going to deal with this climate crisis and 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 try to help the disadvantaged is is paramount it is is something that we all are thinking about um, right. it's it's really at the forefront of how we're thinking about these things um, and it will prevent I mean I I uh, the sense I got from y'all's comments and others was uh, you know for lack of a better phrase, no sudden movements, please. Uh, and I would, I would offer you assurance that we are moving slowly and steadily, mm -hmm. acquiring information, talking to stakeholders, trying to educate ourselves, uh, working with our other federal regulatory colleagues and even one state um, uh, financial regulator so that we can understand the consequences of anything we would do which is, which is, exactly. you know, that's, yeah. that's the whole point here is to is be slow and deliberate. Uh, and I will tell you, there are a lot of folks that wish we would move, you know, right now. Um, but we're, we're going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be slow and deliberate and do it right. Yeah. Uh, so that we can uh, try to make sure that, um, that everybody can adapt to the increasing right. frequency of natural disasters and that no one gets left behind.
Right. That's good to hear. And I think that the main concern from our members and the feedback that we were, you know, getting, which prompted us to then submit those, mm -hmm. those comments was, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, more data, more information to gather before, you know, any prescriptive policy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, positions and requirements and rules can be put in place. Uh, so, you know, that's that's where the industry stands at, at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a fair amount of humility uh, in this space. I think we're all sure. kind of <laughs> uh, painfully aware of how little we know in this space, but we're all uh, uh, working as hard as we can, uh, gaining knowledge, uh, be, you know, gathering, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hiring uh, folks that work in this area. We hired uh, some economists specifically to work in climate. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really serious about this, but we're going to do it, you know, uh, slowly and deliberately and hopefully the right way. Mm -hmm. And and the geographer that you mm -hmm. mentioned, right? So, you know, credit unions are sometimes, you know, very um, geographically concentrated mm -hmm. and, um, you know, have business lending restrictions that, you know, limit um, some of the potential climate risk, uh, like exposure to the fossil fuels industry, mm -hmm. um, but field of membership limitations and standards can lead to a geographic concentration mm -hmm. in some instances. Uh, so, you know, how does that sort of concentration, you touched a little bit on it earlier that it's not going to be national, it's going to be a little more, you know, focused and segmented, um, you know, by geography. How, how does that play into the, the climate <clears throat> risk and, and the analysis and evaluation that lenders should be doing if, if they're not you know, working with this national footprint, but but are mm -hmm. in specific, you know, limited yeah. geographic areas. So I mean, I you know, as I, I as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> our entities have a national footprint, and they they you know they treat that responsibility uh, seriously. So we're going to provide the same opportunities for people regardless. seeking mortgages, yeah. regardless of where they are. But if I try to put myself in uh, the shoes of someone at a credit union. Um, you know, I, I guess what I would think of is try to get as much information as you can about the risks uh, to that property. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, you know, there, there could be good information there, too. It's not always just looking for downsides, right? If you find that uh, the property has had resiliency improvements, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of work has been done in New Orleans, New Orleans uh, to make those properties more resilient, uh, then maybe that's uh, uh, that's something that you can uh, give some benefit to the borrower for. Uh, similarly, for efficiency enhancements, um, it, if 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 the property has said, had some enhancements to um, shift over to electric uh, heating and air conditioning, for example, uh, that may be um, a lower carrying cost for the borrower uh, over time. Mm -hmm. Right, because if the costs of fossil fuels were to rise suddenly and in a sustained way, not just like a blip, mm -hmm. uh, but in a sustained way, that's one of the things we worry about: is homeowners being essentially unable to continue to carry their mortgage because of this transition policy right. risk. Um, so, if I was at a credit union, I might be looking at, or what are some of those things that maybe can give me some comfort 
to lending to a household uh, in in a vulnerable uh, climate vulnerable area. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would also, you know, have eyes wide open and and try to think about what I have been reading about in terms of insurance uh, insurance uh, behavior, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some cases in uh, California, uh, a lot of insurers uh, just refuse to. Uh, uh, participate in in fire insurance, so the state came in with a kind of a backstop program. Um, so I think there are there are th- things to be aware of there. And I think of this all as as basic risk management, right? This is just this is just gathering information so you, so you can make an informed decision. Um, and you know uh, that from a, a lifelong government uh, employee. So you take that for what it's worth. But that's the way you know. I, I, I was involved, I have been involved in helping to supervise and regulate financial institutions for the majority of my career. And those are the kinds of things that we always talk about is risk management. How do you identify, measure, and manage those risks? And I think climate is um, is yet another of those risks. It's kind of a cross-cutting risk, so it's not right. easily siloed mm-hmm. uh, into operational risk or credit risk. It's a whole bunch of different risks. Right, right. Uh, but that's that's my thought about that. Yeah, but it does, you know, squarely fall within the the realm of risk management. And you know, you you, you talked about transition risk, but there's there's also you know the the regulatory risk. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about mm-hmm. that and um, physical risk. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously not just to the collateral, maybe you know the homes that that your borrowers are in, but also the the branches that that you may have as an institution um so there's a lot to to think about and evaluate there um but you also mentioned you know insurance programs and you know what may or may not you know change in in that space and of course we've got the national flood insurance program Mm -hmm. but there's also private um flood insurance and you know could you describe what if any challenges you may see you know with that program and and how private flood insurance compares um and you know whether there there may be some potential reform opportunities to um provide a little more security and and stability for for borrowers and and lenders sure so uh one thing you should know is that uh fannie and freddie require um that any loan that is in what FEMA calls a special flood hazard area, so mm-hmm. that's one in a hundred year uh, likelihood or more of flooding, uh, that that loan carry um, flood insurance for the life of the loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, we've actually looked into that. We've looked at the servicers and whether they're checking that, and they are. Um, so that's a um, that's a little bit about. Uh, just some comfort, I think, that we can draw from the fact that the most vulnerable homes in these special flood hazard areas, if their if their mortgages are sold to Fannie and Freddie, they are required to have flood insurance. So that's that's a good thing. Um, the um, the number of homes uh, there are a number of homes outside of the special flood hazard area um, that have been affected by flooding, and of course that's what we're all trying to figure out is how can we make sure that those homes are adequately insured. 
Yeah, you read my um, mind. That, you know, what what about those homes that aren't, you know, yeah. within or designated as special flood hazard areas or, you know, the flood maps maybe haven't been updated and, right. and aren't accounting for, you know, changes in, in weather patterns and increased risk of flood. Right. So that may be one of these <clears throat> whole of government approaches mm -hmm. that we need to think about in terms of ensuring, uh, making, try to incentivize those homeowners outside of special flood hazard areas uh, to to uh, acquire and retain the insurance they need uh, over the life of the loan uh, to protect themselves. Um, but again, that's that's um, not so simple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not so simple, and it's not my ability to affect. Right, that's yeah. that's a a bigger policy issue. Um, in terms of the National Flood Insurance Program itself. Uh, I would just note that they have rolled out their risk rating 2.0, but really the questions to about that program are probably best directed to folks at FEMA. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been working with them uh, quite a bit, um, and uh, but they're they're the ones that should talk to you about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I may have to invite someone from FEMA as my yeah. next guest yeah, then. Sure. <laughs> um, long term, you know. 20, 30, 50 years uh, into the future. You know, what do you think may be the best solutions for ensuring that, you know, the housing se sector is, is equipped to handle whatever may come its way with respect to climate change? You know, I think information, I mean, so there's really, I don't think there's a single solution. I think there's going to be a number of of, of ways we try to tackle this problem and hopefully we'll be successful. But I think uh, I think of a, a little bit like I think food labeling. So when food labels first came out, you'd see it in the supermarket, you know, okay, there's a label. Maybe <laughs> you paid attention, maybe it didn't. Um, but as time goes by, you start to read that label and you realize, oh my goodness, I can't I can't uh, eat I can't this. pronounce half of the stuff on <laughs> I can, here. I don't I know what it is. What's, what's in there. <laughs> Maybe um, I shouldn't be consuming and it. And <laughs> over time, it tends to affect our behavior, yeah. right? I feel the same way about climate, um, that the, the one core element that I think will help us as we move forward on this is, is information. And, uh, and, you know, I worry about too much information coming out too quickly because I mm -hmm. am specifically worried about those vulnerable communities and I don't want the value of their homes to drop precipitously. Um, but, you know, as we continue to worry about that and think about what we do, <clears throat> information's coming out anyway, right? So you, you, as I mentioned, these websites, you get on these websites and you find out uh, what the risks of a given property are. So I think in general, as we all, as all of us as Americans learn more about climate risk, we see it on the news every single night, it seems, um, I think we're going to start demanding more information. Uh, is, this, <clears throat> is this home or apartment building up to the latest building codes? Mm -hmm. is it, if, if not, why not? I mean, I think people will start asking those questions. Um, sure. If, if I was uh, renting an apartment, I might be asking that question. I was thinking about buying a home. What are the codes? Uh, um, I think it will come kind of organically uh, throughout the chain of homeowners, renters, uh, lenders, servicers, and, and yes, even uh, uh, Fannie and Freddie and the home loan banks. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, those entities at least are committed to this space. 
and they're going to be there and they're going to continue to try to achieve their housing finance mission. Uh, so I think there's some comfort in that. But I do think that over the long term, increased information, increased awareness, well, it always helps us, right? It always helps us make better decisions. Right. So that's my hope for climate. Yeah, well, I, I hope you're right as well. And, um, you know, you mentioned a, a number of times the, the focus on vulnerable communities and populations and the the green bonds and the consumer protection working group or you know team mm -hmm. that's that's working uh you know to to ensure the entities have programs in place that can help these communities is there anything else that you'd, you'd want to highlight there you know any other initiatives i mean NAFQ has been supportive of you know specific types of lending programs, um, you know, wealth building home loans, mm -hmm. um, you know, programs that are targeted towards buying more mortgages from community development, financial institutions, mm -hmm. MDIs, things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, what else is, is the agency evaluating in, in this area to, to help those underserved and vulnerable communities? Um, and I know maybe that, that's yeah. not something you want to. Well, we're doing a lot, uh, but I'm 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 probably not the right person to talk to you about that. Um, there are there are a lot of things that we are doing. As I mentioned, even in the green bond space, uh, we're targeting low income communities so we can make sure that those communities benefit. Um, but but it's uh, I I'm sorry I'm I'm here to talk that's about okay. climate today, so mm -hmm. it's I probably uh, would would. But nothing to, else specifically related to to climate. Uh, gosh, I'm going to kick myself later if I think of something after we leave <laughs> here. But uh, those are the big things. Right. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, we're still engaging with stakeholders. We're still talking to folks. Right. Uh, we're thinking about what the enterprises and the home loan banks should be doing next year. Right. Um, and you know this this continual dialogue with folks. Uh, will continue mm -hmm. so that way we can um, you know we can I mean we, we we're not only working with FEMA we've been in discussions with DOE in terms of efficiency improvements and how we could incentivize those um, not again this is all very very staff level and nothing's sure. nothing's uh, anywhere close to being even in the proposal stage we're just kicking around ideas and trying yeah, to learn no from big each decisions other. have been made but really trying to learn from each other mm -hmm. but that is it, it should signal to you all that we are um, really trying to put our heads together and think of what how we can be a force for good here in this space and help the financial uh, the housing finance uh, sector uh, adapt uh, mm -hmm. because I think it's 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 the right thing to do for renters for home borrowers, uh, homeowners, right. uh, and, and, and for the GSEs ultimately. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds great. The more information, the, the better. And, you know, like you were saying, the, uh, more likely that you'll, you know, reach a, a better solution or, you know, policy, um, proposal, uh, you know, with the more information and data that you gather. So fantastic. Any, hope. any final thoughts, Parting words for our viewers and listeners. Uh, no, I hope you found it of value. I hope what we're doing makes some sense. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, and your audience. And and uh, uh, really just uh, it's a great opportunity. And, and uh, you know, we're very, very serious about trying to make as much progress in this space as we can. 
so um, um, really appreciate the opportunity to tell folks what we're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's, it, it seems like there's not a week that goes by that I don't get a request or Director Thompson doesn't get a request to talk about what we're doing mm -hmm. in climate. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it's, it's a busy time for us. Um, but as I tell the director, uh, frequently, uh, I just love this job. I just love what we're doing. And I think yeah. we're, uh, we're, we're all learning. And I think when we're learning and trying to come up with new ideas, uh, and make some change for the better. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's very exciting. The team that I work with in climate is spread all across the agency and they're all bought into it and they all love it and they're all excited about the work. Um, uh, um, the senior leadership of the agency is committed to this. Our director is committed mm -hmm. to this. Uh, so we're all in. Uh, mm -hmm. We're enjoying the heck out of it. And uh, it's a lot easier to talk to my kids now because I can talk to them about climate and they... Okay, good, Dad. You're doing something good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Mother Nature in a lot of ways is, uh, you know, the great equalizer, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we really don't have much of an option but to think about all these things. But it, it does sound from what you've described that, you know, the FHFA is really taking this very seriously, as are other agencies. And, you know, you're all trying to work together to, to find yes. solutions and, um, you know, ways to, to tackle this. Yeah, I forgot to mention we're also a, a member of the network of central banks and supervisors mm -hmm. for greening the financial system. So that's this international group. So we're really trying to work uh, with these other bodies so that we can learn as much as we can and, and, and contribute to uh, some solutions here. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate, uh, I really appreciate the views of your members um, as you, as you uh, penned in your note uh, and, and similarly from NCUA. Uh, you raised good points, and, and we're, we're, we take your points seriously. So thanks for taking the time to comment to us. I appreciate that. Absolutely, and we'll continue to, to share the perspectives of our members in the industry. And thank you again. Uh, and that does it for this episode of The Cup. Stay tuned for more interesting discussions. Until next time.